What's up everybody, Ron Carter here and I am super pumped today to bring to you a very special episode of Ecom Billionaires Podcast. This is episode 14 and today we have a very special guest. His name is Nate Hirsch. He is the CEO and founder of a company called FreeUp. And uh, this company is amazing. It's a marketplace uh, to be able to find freelancers to take care of your tasks for your business while you grow your business. It's a multi-million dollar company. Um, Nate really knows his stuff. And before he opened up uh, FreeUp, he was a multi-million dollar Amazon seller. He was selling on Amazon back in 2008, uh, probably back when a lot of people were making their first purchases on Amazon, he was selling on there. So he's got a lot of valuable information to drop um, as soon as we get into the call. And I just wanted to let you guys know that he's got a very special gift for you guys, for the audience. And uh, we're going to get into that into the show. But I just wanted to pre-frame you and let you guys know that that's coming. So stay tuned. And uh, I'm going to get right into the call right now. I just wanted to give you guys a little bit of context so you uh, kind of understand why the show isn't going at its natural, normal pace where I give you guys a topic and then I just dive right into it. Um, So yeah. We're going to start right off with uh, me introducing him and then just getting straight into the call. I hope you guys enjoy. I hope you guys get a bunch of value out of this. And, um, and oh, yeah, his, uh, his gift to you guys, uh, he'll be going over it uh, throughout the show uh, during the call. And I'll just reiterate it at the end. I just hope you guys enjoy the call. I hope you get some value out of it. And let's get right into it. What's up, everybody? Ron Carter here, back at you with another episode of Ecom Billionaires. And today we have a very special guest, Nate Hurst, the CEO of FreeUp. Uh, he's um, been selling on Amazon before he even started his company. Uh, he's got this huge network of freelance entrepreneurs in his company. Uh, I'm just really happy to have him on today and to uh, be able to talk about his business and to talk about everything that he's done to be able to scale his company up to uh, over $5 million in revenue over the last few years. Um, it's really amazing, so glad to have you on, Nate. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So uh, one, of the, uh, one of the questions that, that I wanted to get started with um, was just to ask you how FreeUp got started. Yeah, I mean, I was a long-time entrepreneur. I started a multi-million dollar Amazon business out of my college dorm room, and this was back in 2008, before people knew what Amazon was. There were no courses, there were no gurus, and and I was kind of growing this business without a lot of help, and it became incredibly overwhelming to the point where I had to start hiring people, and the first people I turned to were college kids, the people around me, and I quickly realized how unreliable they were and no 30-year-old wanted to work for me at the time. I mean, I was a 20-year-old kid. So I turned to the remote hiring world, the Upwork, the Fibers, and I got pretty good at hiring, um, learned a lot. And I just wanted something faster. It just took me too long to go on Upwork and post a job and get 50 people to apply and interview them one by one. So I wanted mm. a, a better, faster way. And when I couldn't find that, I, I built it myself. That's that's um, that's amazing. Uh and I totally understand. Um, I've hired freelancers just a few times uh, in my in my career so far, and and it's been for for simple stuff like setting up SMTP or 
DNS settings for, um, you know, for my domain. And, uh, but one thing that I, that I learned quickly was that the one time that, the first time that I used freelance services, it, it was Fiverr. And I had to, uh, really vet the people myself, you know, and, and go through all the, uh, go through all their ratings and the reviews. And the one thing that I find super interesting about FreeUp is that you guys do that for us. I think that that's pretty cool. Um, I haven't seen that before. And, um, yeah, so um, just kind of uh, moving forward a little bit, uh, another thing that I that I wanted to touch on is the fact that um, I love when I see – business models growing when people start a business that they initially started as a solution to their own problem, you know? Um, and, uh, yeah, it seems like that's what you did with free up and that's, that's awesome. It's been a lot of fun. I mean, we've been able to, to work with, um, lots of business owners, influencers, e-commerce sellers, agency owners, freelancers, virtual assistants from all over the world. And I think that's what I, I like more than my Amazon business, which, yes, I was selling products, and it was fun, and, and I learned a lot. But I was never passionate about the products I was selling. And with FreeUp, I'm very passionate about the service. Oh, I, uh, I'm i totally with you there. I actually uh, I got started dropshipping myself. It was actually just this summer. Um, and, uh, and when I was dropshipping, I was selling hiking and camping gear. And I'm not passionate about hiking and camping gear. You know, and and it it wasn't long before I moved away away from that, just because it's hard to to work day in and day out on something that you're not passionate about. You know, um, so what's some of the uh, the more common mistakes that you see uh, new up and coming entrepreneurs making? Because with this network, you should have, I mean, you have a like this huge network of, of freelancers and and it seems like you would uh, kind of have your thumb on the pulse um, of what these new and up-and-coming entrepreneurs uh, are doing because, you know, they're using your services and, and whatnot. Um, do you see any, uh, any common mistakes that you see from, uh, from people that are just getting started that are using hiring services or freelance services? Well, yeah, it just allows you a lot of flexibility that you didn't have in the past. I mean, if you opened up a business 20 years ago, you had to hire someone. You were limited to the people around you. You were hiring people full-time. You, you couldn't hire for a specific skill set. You would have to have multiple people. With, with freelancing and, I mean, the entire gig economy and the entire remote world, I mean, you can run a business and hire a graphic designer for a product here or there or someone to build your website and then go back to them in six months. And if you need a virtual assistant in the Philippines for 10 hours a week, you can do that. So it just gives you a lot of flexibility as a business owner that you didn't have before, which opens up a lot of avenues to success and you can get creative and, and try different things. What I like to call low risk, high reward situations where you try a few things and you see what works and what doesn't work. Um, and, and you kind of adjust accordingly and you invest more in what's working and pull back in what's not working without, taking on a huge amount of risk. Hmm. Got you. So when, when you were, uh, when you were growing this, um, that seems like a, a really big, a really big transition to go from physical products on, on Amazon to, to this freelance service that almost seems to model 
like an agency, but, you know, online and digitally. It seems like a totally different business model. Um, was that a, was that something that was challenging for you to, uh, to, to switch over to? And if so, what were some of the, um, what were some of the setbacks or some of the, the, the mountains to climb, so to speak, uh, moving from, from one business model to the other? Yeah, I mean, the difference between agency and a marketplace and free up as a marketplace is we're not project managing the work. So if you hire a freelancer gotcha. from us, the work is completely between you and them. They're not allowed to share anything with us against our, our NDAs. And, and we, don't, we don't control the pricing. I mean, they, they control their own rates. You can negotiate. There's fixed pricing where an agency is much more project management and much more control from the top down um, and, and all of that. And, and with us, I mean, we have virtual assistants. We have freelancers. We have agencies all offering um, different services on the platform. Um, and they're free to change their rates, to adjust their offerings, all that stuff. So it's a lot more freedom and flexibility than the agency style. But, um, I mean, it, it, at the end of the day, it's just definition. It doesn't necessarily matter what you call it. And we work with lots of agencies that both offer their services on the platform and hire from the platform. Mm. Nice. Nice. That's, um, you know, uh, <clears throat> I'm really glad that you cleared that that you cleared that up because the flexibility is so important I think and um and and just knowing that uh knowing that as a freelancer or as somebody that's seeking a freelancer that um that you have full control over your over your own projects and uh what's something um what's what was one of your biggest struggles uh building this um building this company uh, i'm just yeah. i'm just curious as a new entrepreneur who's um myself uh and uh and i feel like you've you've gotten your your i feel like you're very far ahead of of me and some of my audience members um and i feel like that would be just some really valuable information yeah i mean one of the things that i did really early on is try to read the market and um, I mean, when we first started, we thought we'd be a virtual assistant company for Amazon sellers, and we kind of adjusted that to freelancers and e-commerce and then marketing. But the real struggle was we didn't look at ourselves as a software company. We were much more focused on the system and the process, and it wasn't until about a year in when people were complaining about our software and it wasn't at the level they were expecting that we kind of shifted our focus. and. We had to invest in developers and, and hire them. And I don't know if you've ever worked with a developer before, but and from a business owner that doesn't know how to code, it's tough. Stuff gets lost in mm. translation. Things don't get done the way you want it. You have to project manage. You have to prioritize what gets, what gets them first and second and third. And there's an endless list of projects. So for me, really changing my mentality from a marketplace to a software company and reinvesting in that um, in the software and spending the time to know the developers and understand it and come up with a good process, that was the biggest challenge. And, I mean, it took going through a few developers. It took completely revamping the systems a few times. And eventually it took my business partner taking over that aspect of the company because he was way better at it than me. So that was a challenge that we weren't – we didn't think would be a challenge. We didn't think would come up. But we, we were able to overcome it after a period of time. Wow. And – and you said something in there that's so key, I think, and that's um, and that's 
that you let your business partner take over that portion of the business because you knew that he was better at it than you. I feel like that is so important, that level of self-awareness to know what you're good at and to know where your strengths are and to, and to know at least where your weaknesses are in the business sense and to know who should be heading up what, um, you know, based off of that. Uh, I, I feel like that's so important. And, you know, my experience with that is, is not on that big of a scale. Really, my experience with that is just from transcribing my own podcast and realizing that that takes me forever. Um, it's the one thing that I'm not good at with with this, at least so far, my experience so far um, with the producing of the show and whatnot. And um, so, yeah, outsourcing or or having a business partner to take over certain areas where, where you feel like um, they're better at it I just feel like that level of self-awareness, being able to, to have that while going through that transition and learning so much and, and you know, taking action, that's so key. Um, what are – I actually haven't had the chance to work with any developers like yet, so um, – and, and I can understand the, uh, the difficulty of uh, trying to, you know, communicate your message or, or what you want the developers to do. And then, um, and then having it go back and forth, and you know, and feeling that process out. Uh, is what are some of the uh, what are some of the things that you think uh, make dealing with developers or, or working with developers um, challenging? What what was uh, some of the hardest parts about that? I mean, they speak code and they speak development and you speak business and and sometimes, in, in my opinion, logic and, and they don't always coincide. I mean, what makes sense from a business side is sometimes hard to communicate what makes mm. sense in the coding side. And if you want something done, you don't know if it's a big project or a small project or if a lot of changes need to be done on the back end or if it'll mess something else up. And, and all that stuff just leads to a lot of confusion and frustration and at the end of the day, it just comes down to communication. You have to over-communicate. You have to make sure you're on the same page. You have to ask the right questions. You have to not be afraid to speak up, and you can't really assume anything because what, what's, what you might be able to assume as a business owner isn't something that a developer will assume as well. Does that make sense? Uh, that makes complete sense. Um, thank you for that. Uh, yeah, actually, um, that makes a lot of sense Just just from – you know, me growing so far, just where where I have, and understanding marketing concepts, and and just explaining them to my friends and family. You know, uh, people who aren't even don't have anything to do with business, and some stuff uh, seems counterintuitive. Like, uh, I know this is off the wall, but like content marketing, like when you're putting out value constantly and not asking for anything in return. That that at least for a while, you know, that took me a while to understand. And it's funny because when I'm explaining to my friends and family, uh, you know, the show or anything else that I'm doing, and then they ask, okay, well, how does that turn into um, money later? And I'm like, well, I just keep putting out episodes. And they're like, well, and they don't understand that, you know, when you just give and give and give, then the law of reciprocity is, you know, invoked or, or people people are, are drawn to people who give value. I know that's a little side rant, but – um. But that's something that I didn't learn or, or even really get a grasp on it until, you know, taking action and kind of getting my feet wet, so to speak, in, in business. And I can totally see how 
developers and, and business owners, and when you put it like that, uh, don't see things exactly the same way. So that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, and the same thing applies if you're hiring someone from another country or with a different skill set. The, the communication is so important, and you learn a lot by hiring different types of people. Right, right. It, you know, um, I was thinking, uh, you know, I'm not to the point in, uh, in any of my ventures yet where where I'm looking to, to hire, but I know that I'm going to definitely be booking uh, freelancers um, sooner, sooner or later. And um, and I was thinking about what do you guys have any systems in place for like say I go on to free up and I find a, a freelancer that I really like and um, and you know I book them multiple times for the same job and and then we start to develop a relationship and is it, is it possible to uh, I guess hire full time like through like free up or is that something like like a contract negotiation that we would have to uh that me and that individual would um basically if I want to hire somebody full time that's a freelancer from free up uh what are your guys policies or thoughts on that that's I'm curious I mean there are no policies we're a marketplace there's there's no minimums there's no maximums the agreements are gotcha. you and the freelancer um you can always buy them out if you want to if you want to I mean we have we've had clients who have bought out the contractor and had them move to their office and become a full-time employee. So you, you have the complete flexibility uh, of how you want to have to organize the project, how you want to hire them. Nice. That's very useful. I can see that being, being really helpful because I was thinking about, you know, sometimes you start working with somebody or, or you, uh, you know, you develop a rapport and, 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 uh, and it's just a perfect fit, you know? And I was thinking, um, thinking about the possibilities of that. It seems like hiring freelancers would almost be uh, a really safe bet for, for new. If you want to uh, to move from hiring freelancers to, to getting a full-time employee, it seems like using one of your freelancers would be the, the way to go if you're already investing in freelancers for your business. Um, yeah, I mean, so, there's very little downside, like we kind of talked about before, low risk, high reward. Right. Uh, what were some of the things? Uh, I know that when you were you started off in Amazon, you said, and that was back in 2008. That's uh, that's really early for the Amazon game, and so congrats on that. That's awesome. But what were the what were some of the things that that you were using freelancers the most for when when you were when your main focus was you know shipping out physical products? Yeah, I mean, we were doing drop shipping, and we got in at a great time before before other people had captured the market. And anything in drop shipping, I mean, there's a lot of time intensive stuff where there's customer service, filling orders, changing prices, adjusting inventory. I mean, there's just so much that's going on. So I think that really taught me to hire a lot of people and create a good systems and process because it, it's all about quality assurance um, when it comes to those types of things. Mm. Right. So uh, initially, uh, as you were growing that business, would you say that um, uh, did you ever have any full-time staff or, or were you just strictly using freelancers? 
No, I did. I hired some employees. And I had some college kids, and I hired one of my first employees that I hired in person became my business partner, Connor. And we, we also supplemented them with VAs and freelancers and eventually shifted uh, from Puerto to to there. Okay, nice. You know, uh, I'm really happy that you were able to come on the show and uh, and just give us some insights about about your business and about you know how it got started and, and what you were able to accomplish. That's that's amazing. And um, and to any of you guys out there listening, if you need any work done, if you need to transcribe episodes, if you need logos, if you need anything, I strongly urge you to go to freeup.com. That's F R triple E three E's dot com. Um, I know that I'm going to be using FreeUp for all of my freelance services. Uh, there's one other thing that I wanted to ask you, and that was just about scaling. Um, so I'm just curious about uh, just your experience with scaling. Um, just because uh, I know with scaling, everything is so has to be so meticulous because if you do anything that would cost you, you know, just two cents on one order, but if you're scaling that, you know, little things add up is, is what I'm getting at. And so, um, uh, yeah, I mean, you have a lot of experience scaling, you know, your Amazon store and this. And what's one of the most important things, at least in your opinion, when it comes to scaling? I mean, what you have to remember about scaling is what works to get you to 1 million won't work to get you to 5 million, which won't get work to get you to 10 million, and so on. So as you hit different marks, you have to change the, the organizational structure of your business. You have to change what you're doing. And I think that's what a lot of entrepreneurs don't get. They, they quickly get to 1 million, and then they struggle to get beyond that because it's a completely different business. You need different ways to get clients. You need different ways to to organize and you need different types of people that are, have different management skills. So a lot of it is adjusting what the structure of your business is as you get bigger and bigger. Got you. That's okay. That, that, that makes a lot of sense. So what gets you to your first million will not get you to your second. You have to change it up. You have to look at your processes and, and, uh, and respond accordingly to the marketplace. Uh, it makes total sense. Um, I wanted to thank you again for your time, Nate. Uh, we really appreciate it. I know everybody out there listening to the show, all the all the entrepreneurs out there that are working their day jobs and then going home and, and hustling and putting, you know, putting their posts together for their business or, or whatever it is that they're doing and putting out content every day. I know that they really appreciate it. Uh, your business is an awesome resource for anybody who is trying to get their stuff started, who is a, uh, or who's already established. And um, and I really appreciate you uh, reaching out and coming on the show and giving us your time today. Thanks so much for having me. And anyone listening, get a free $25 credit by mentioning this podcast and check out freeup.com. My calendar is right at the top if anyone wants to book a meeting with me. Awesome. All right. Thank you very much for coming on, and um, I will talk to you soon. Cool. Have a good rest of the day. All right. You too, Nate. Thanks. So that was Nate Hurst, the CEO and founder of FreeUp. A lot of great info there about scaling, a lot of great info there about hiring, about marketplaces, and, and basically uh, just a lot of great takeaways for anybody who's growing their business or who's starting their business, who's already has their business established, and 
just to make sure that you guys didn't miss it. Uh, he offered a $25 credit to anybody who mentions this podcast. So if you go to freeups.com, that's F-R-Triple-E, so F-R-E-E-E-U-P.com, and start checking out the marketplace, looking at what services are available, and uh, when you go to order, just mention Ecom Billionaires Podcast, and you'll get your uh, $25 credit, and also, when you go to freeup.com, for anybody that wants to book a meeting with Nate Hirsch, uh, his calendar is at the top of the page. And all of this will be linked up in the blog post if you guys are reading this on ecombillionaires.com. And if you're listening to this on any of the major pl- podcast platforms uh, and you want to visit the blog or if you want to read along while you listen or check out any of these other resources or just have all these links in one place, they will be at ecombillionaires.com slash Nate Hirsch or you could type forward slash episode 014 either or will work so you can type ecom billionaires forward slash Nate Hirsch to get to the blog post of this episode or ecom billionaires dot com forward slash episode 014 Other than that, I hope you guys got some value out of that. I hope you guys are all having an awesome day. Take care.